This is episode 179 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe, and I'm joined by Jonathan Hafes, and we are bringing this podcast to you from Three Stream Studio here in Homewood, Alabama. We are absent one Brad Brown this week. He could not make it. We had to change the times up a little bit, and he was unavailable for today's episode. What, what do, you, do you have any thoughts on that, Jonathan? I don't. <laughs> All right, good. Neither do I. Moving on. Uh, Sorry, you, I recently got razzed about how hard of a time I give Brad, <laughs> and so I was like, "I'm not, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to give him a hard time." Well, do you have any thoughts on Choptober? <sighs> thoughts on Choptober? We I talked about this on the sports break last week. I don't want to talk about sports. I am in mourning. My bravos are out, man. And I could go on a rant and complain for just a minute about the the current format of the playoffs, but I will not. Right. Oh my word! I sent um, I sent two memes to my my Braves text message thread after they were knocked out. The first one was from the Princess Bride, which is my favorite movie of all time, and it's just the shot of Buttercup where she says, "I will never love again." <laughs> um, and, and then I, I I sent that I was like current mood, and then immediately after it I said, "Me next spring," and it was just it was a meme from the Sandlot. Uh, with uh, the catcher yelling play ball, like just so excited to go again. Because that's me. I'm really sad. I'm like, I'm never going to watch baseball again. And then next spring, I'm going to be like, let's go! Yeah, so. it's it's like being in an abusive relationship it or something. It really is. Um, because I, oh. I am the same way with Auburn football. I'll, I'll be done with it. I'll resign myself to it. And then <laughs> right. a new year starts, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> Football's in the air. Let's go. A new season, new chances, new hope. Oh, but... I'm just going to sit in my sadness for now. And in light of that, do you have a sad album for me? <laughs> uh, somewhat. Somewhat. Let's, let's take a listen. JM's album of the week. This week's album comes courtesy of the band Wilco. Now, Wilco is a band that some of you may be familiar with. They have been around for quite a long time, and they are a prolific band led by frontman Jeff Tweedy. They've been putting out records since the 90s, and they've got a brand new record out called Cousin. Uh, This album dropped on September 29th, so just at the end of last month, and I've been spinning it, and I've really been enjoying it a lot. This particular track is titled A Bowl and a pudding and if you don't know much about wilco i i am not an authority on the band wilco uh the reason i say that is because when bands have been around for as long as they have i feel like there are probably some real diehard fans out there right i'm not a diehard but i i do like them quite a bit i like their songwriting style i like the fact that they are consistently putting out good albums and they, I mean, they, I mean, I think they just put out a record last year that was like 20 tracks or something like that. It's called Cruel Country. So they are just a prolific band, prolific writers. Uh, and I, and I enjoy this album. Great production, great songwriting. Do, are, have you listened to Wilco before? No, I'm aware of Wilco. Actually, so let me, let me really hurt people's feelings if they're diehard fans. The first place I ever heard of Wilco was Parks and Rec. 
because uh, there's an episode that Jeff Tweedy is in. Yes. And they crack some jokes and all that. <laughs> in, in, anyway. Um, but I've never done like a deep dive. I was actually going to ask, like, should I start here or should I start somewhere else? I wouldn't start here. I would maybe go to some of their earlier work. Okay. So if you're looking at their discography, like I would check out it, the albums like Yankee Hotel, Foxtrot, Sky Blue Sky, A Ghost is Born. Like, like those three are earlier on in their career. Well, Sky Blue Sky came out in 07, but A Ghost is Born, Yankee Hotel, Foxtrot, those were like early aughts, 2002, 2004. And then there's some stuff from the 90s that's definitely worth checking out. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like when you're trying to catch up on somebody's discography and it's a band that's been around for that long, it feels very overwhelming at right, first. Right, no So totally. it's really good to just dive in. So I would say check out the new album and then go back to some of their earlier work and see how that compares and how far they've come. I, I really dig the artwork on this new album, especially like the animated version of it. I'm oh, on Apple Music. On Apple Music. Yeah. It's really cool. That's cool. Anyway. I do like it, though. Let me awesome. know if there are any Wilco fans out there. They've, they've kind of, they were here in Birmingham, I think, last year, or maybe it was earlier this year. I can't remember. They've been around for a long time. They're kind of like just al- alternative music darlings, you know, like Jeff Tweedy going on Parks and Rec. I, I don't even remember that episode. I know I watched it, though, but it doesn't surprise me. They, they kind of have this underground following, um, cult, cult following, so they're great. Check it out. Wilco. All right. Well, Brad is not here, but that that does not mean we won't have a book today. Uh, just hit the button. All right. Hit it again. <laughs> so I've got something a little bit different for you today, and maybe maybe it is because I'm sad over the Braves. But we have recommended, uh, I don't remember which all of this author's books we've recommended before. I know we've recommended at least one, but Mark Vrogop. Now, what he is known for is he has just done a lot of work on biblical lament. Um, and so he's got a book, probably his most popular one on lament, called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Um, he's done some other other works, and I don't know what all Brad's featured before, but specifically that book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, is just about the category of biblical lament and, and what it is and how we need to recover lament as a people. And lament something that we try to practice here at Shades and have for years. Um, well, this is a devotional journal, so it is not technically a, a book per se in the classic sense, but it's, it's the devotional journal for Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, and the goal of this is to help you actually begin to apply what that book is about, and so if you're like, man, I've heard a lot about Lament, but I don't know how to embrace that in like, like practically in my prayer life, I think that this would be a great help for you. I bought it recently. Um, and it's, it's super cheap. It's like eight and a half bucks. It's, it's a small little devotional journal. And basically it takes you through 15 different Psalms of lament. It helps you figure out like, kind of like how to outline the Psalm process it, and then how to write your own lament. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a really cool thing. And I, I, I think, um, is helpful at meeting, uh, uh a need, you know, that, that we have in a real practical way, instead of us just talking about lament and our need to employ it, like actually taking a practical step in that direction. So check it out. Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy Devotional Journal. Awesome. Great recommendation. Well, real quick, 
there's a lot of things happening at Shades, so we just want to go through these. If you follow us on social media or you subscribe to the email or you look at the bulletin, you have probably heard uh, these announcements or seen them. But just to reiterate everything that's happening, recently Christy Crump has started up a new event called SVCC Kitchen Hangouts. She uh, did their first one in September. It was a great success. Basically, they're... People are signing up from people within the body at Shades, bringing ingredients that are needed to make freezer meals, and they are making these meals together in the kitchen at SVCC after the service is over on Sunday mornings. Then those meals are made available to anyone who needs them. They are doing that again, and that is this upcoming Sunday, October the 22nd. It will be immediately following the service. If you want... Uh, to be there, all you have to do is go to Church Center and sign up. It's that simple. Yep. It's great. It's a great way to just help love our community, love our neighbors. So it's pretty awesome. And if you find yourself in need of a meal or someone you know, just a neighbor you have, a friend you have is in need of a meal, maybe uh, they're just having a really hard time and you could bless them. Maybe they had a baby recently or you know somebody got sick. Please just take one of the freezing meals. That's what they are there for. So... Yeah, super awesome. All right, and you may not hear this in time, but we do have a worship night on Wednesday, October the 18th at 6.30 p.m. It's here in the sanctuary. would love for everyone to come out. So, yeah. As of this recording, it's tomorrow. Right, exactly. <laughs> so like I said, you may not hear it, but we would love for everyone to come out uh, to this worship night. And then I think finally we have a new another sign-up available on Church Center, and this is for the season of Advent. So if you would like an Advent wreath to help celebrate and recognize the season of Advent, you can pre-order that wreath through Church Center. How much are they? I think they're $10 They're $10. This that year. includes the candles. Um, these yeah. are, are handmade wooden wreaths. There's a picture of them you can see. We, we've done this before a couple of years ago, and really the goal is uh, we, we recognize that a lot of people that end up at Shades come from all sorts of backgrounds, and if you're like me and John Mark, you probably didn't observe the season of Advent. And so this is a way of trying to invite everybody into observing the season. One of the great ways you can do that is by having an Advent wreath in your house. We will print a journal, uh, not a journal, a devotional, uh, that will be written by people from our body uh, that will go along with the Advent wreath. And it's just a really great way to enter the season. So, yeah, Church Center, look it up. And it's $10. That includes the candles. And I think the deadline, I think I think you got to order them. All the all the information yeah, is on the Church Center. There. I can't remember the exact uh, it's, deadline. It's, soon. it's in November. Yeah, it's soon because you, it, we got to have all the orders fast enough for us to have time to make them and get them to you before right. the season begins. Absolutely. So go check it out. Well, we have a very special interview for you today. We have none other than the Mason Phillips, former Shades member, Shades intern, and Shades other things, I'm sure. And he is accompanied by the right reverend doctor. And you're not a doctor, actually, are you? Uh, I'm starting to way. work on it, actually. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. That's awesome. We'll talk about it in a minute. Andy Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Now, if you have no idea who either of these people are that I just mentioned, shame on you. Um, Andy has preached at Shades before. Andy pastors Hope Church in Madison, which is one. There are three EFCA churches. 
in the state of Alabama. We are one, and he is the other, and then there's the Living Church uh, in Anniston. But so he's a fellow EFCA pastor, one of our sister churches. I've been up there to preach. He's never invited me back. Um, that's okay. I've never invited him back here. I think the feelings are mutual. <laughs> um, but not only that, so Mason, who's here with us, uh, Mason and his wife Stella attended Shades Valley their entire time that Mason was uh, a student at Beeson Divinity School. He did his internship here uh, during that time, worked with our students a lot. They had a baby while they were here, just lots of life. And after graduation, we, uh, we promptly shipped him off to the mission field up near Huntsville that is Madison, and he now works at our sister church, Hope Church, in Madison alongside of Andy. Why are they here, you may be asking? Well, we're actually asking the exact same thing. We don't know why. I, I don't know. I haven't been told anything. No, the reason they're here is because if you're a faithful listener to Shades Midweek, then you know that not too long ago we interviewed Dale Anton. Dale Anton, who attends or is a member or was a member or at some point was affiliated with Hope He's an Church. infamous member. He's an infamous member yes. of Hope Church in Madison. He's been a longtime Shades Midweek listener. And he and his wife are now working with EFCA Crisis Response. So we interviewed them about that. And if you listened to an episode not too long after that, you know that we received a complaint, a grievance, as it were, via text message from one Mason Phillips, that as a former Shades member and intern and current employee, what's your title? Pastoral resident current pastoral resident at Hope Church, that he did not receive a shout-out. So not only is he getting a shout-out today, but he is here. We've gotten them to drive all the way down to Birmingham, Alabama, just to hang out with us. Thank you for being here, gentlemen. Well, it's good to be with you. Really, at the end of the day, what this is, is Andy texted me and was like, hey, we're not having a regional pastors meeting this fall, and I can't go that long without seeing your beautiful beard, Jonathan. (laughs) I don't think it was quite in those <laughs> words, but uh, I got yeah, the text somewhere, so, so, something like that. <laughs> oh, but anyway, no, seriously, guys, thanks for coming. Um, as John Mark and I thought about having y'all on, and like, what what is this interview even going to be about? Uh, we thought that we'd start kind of in the way we do meet a member. Mason, did we do a meet a member episode with you when you were here? Nope. We did not. Uh-huh. So this will all be new material. <laughs> so we thought we'd start kind of the same way we normally start those. And just get y'all to share a little bit of your personal stories with everybody. So let's start with the most important of the two of you. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to see who would talk first. Jesus said not to assume the seat of honor. Oh, my word. Get all super (laughs) spiritual. He's he's my boss. All right, Andy, let's start with you. Give us a little bit of the story of Andy Wolf. Well, let's see. I am a uh, Midwest kid that uh, lived most of my life in, or my early life in Iowa and Kansas, and then starting high school, moved out to California. And you said Iowa, and I just started falling asleep. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, and then uh, started high school out in, out in California, and uh, from there, uh, went to college and into, uh, into seminary. And then about 18 years ago, moved back here. Um, so in a lot of ways, I'm from all over, but now consider the South my home. Um, but but am definitely a transplant 
in, in that way. Um, what brought you to Birmingham 18 years ago? Uh, we came to Birmingham to pastor the church. Okay. So, awesome. um, yeah. And uh, it, it's have a, uh, a wife uh, of almost 30 years. We celebrate our 30th anniversary next month. That's awesome. And uh, five kids. Uh, oldest is 24 down to 13. And uh, my who, who in their right mind? would have five children. Well, I, I tried to explain to you how that happens, but you didn't listen to me. So, um, you know, that, that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, man. Um, and my uh, second daughter is actually getting married on Saturday. Oh, so wow. It's a, it's a little bit of a, is this your time. first kiddo to get married? No, it's my second. Okay. Yeah. Second. So this is old hat for you. Yeah. This is the first time I'm actually doing the ceremony. So that's okay. going to be a lot of fun. Are you walking her down the aisle? Too? I am. We're, I, I, we have a guy who's done their premarital counseling. That's uh-huh. going to do the guy giving away and yeah, then we're, yeah. Gonna yeah. do a swip swap. Do a sw- we we did that at uh at my wedding um because uh, Holly's dad and my dad both participated in the ceremony, so there was a whole bunch of switcheroo stuff yeah. going on. So yeah, so it's it's, fun. Gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, be glad when it's all over and all sure. the planning and the craziness <laughs> that's currently going on is over. But uh, but yeah, it's, we're looking forward to it. That's awesome. So you've been pastoring Hope for 18 years. That's correct. That's. Yep. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's either awesome or just a testimony to your ability to survive. <laughs> well, I, I, it, it's a testimony a little bit to both, and it's also a testimony to God's gracious work, mm. uh, both there and in my own life. That's and, awesome. Uh, and so uh, it's a blessing to be there, and it's a, it's a fun season to be at Hope. Yeah, I love, Mason, I don't know if I've ever told you the story. I love to tell the story of the first time I encountered Andy. Do you remember this? I probably will as you start to tell it me. was at uh, so I was I was brand new at Shades. I mean like freshly minted, hot off the press. And and Ed Kaler, so I started February first. And so this was in the month of February. Ed was like, uh, hey, we're gonna go to this EFCA um, uh, regional conference, just you know, district conference. It was down in Florida somewhere. So we ride it was on that car ride that Ed's driving, and I learned he's blind in one eye. I felt very <laughs> safe. Um, but we get down there, and like, man, I'm just excited, you know? Brand new pastor, just pastoral ministry is going to be amazing, and all of those things. And Andy was one of the speakers that weekend. And so he'd been at Hope for probably six years at that point, something like that. And his talk was entitled something like The Winters of Pastoral Ministry. Um, and it's basically just him getting up there and being like, you know, (laughs) sometimes you just get the snot beat out of you as a pastor and how are you going to survive that? And I could just, just his whole demeanor and everything. I was like, man, this man has been through some things. <laughs> like, He's seen some like, things. Like Danny Glover's character from Lethal Weapon. He's like, I'm just, I'm just too old for this. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that was the first time. That That's was, the first we, time I ever saw you, heard you say anything. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. But man, no, so, so how old are you? Married 30 years, pastoral ministry for a long time? I turned 50 this year. 50. So, I mean, I will just never know what it's like to be that ancient. Well, you <laughs> might not. I'm just kidding. Jonathan, I, you're, you're, I've got a big birthday coming I up know. this month. We're exactly 10 years old. You turned 50 this year? Yes. Yeah. So I'm turning 40 in like a couple of weeks or this month. I remember my 40s. 
Oh, man. All right. Well, Mason, yeah. unravel the mystery that is yes. you. Mm, I'm an enigma. <laughs> uh, yeah, so name's Mason. I was born in Central Texas uh, near San Antonio is where I grew up. That's right. And Big uh, Longhorns fan, right? Ooh. <laughs> no, I, I am. We won't talk about my college football team right now. Um, we're in pain right now. But went to a, a certain school, Texas A&M University, for a little bit, and then I wanted to go into ministry. And so I ended up going to uh, Moody Bible Institute, and they had a campus up in the Pacific Northwest. And so I was up there, did my undergraduate. Before we moved up there, Stella and I got married. So we were 18 when we got married. Um, it's ridiculous. It's Who been, gets married at such yeah. crazy <laughs> young ages? Let's see. So we – I. Just turned 27, so we've been married for eight years, going on nine years. Um, and yeah, and so we were in Washington. That's where we had our first kid, Hudson. And so he was with us our entire time in Birmingham. And then we had another boy named Theodore. We call him Teddy. And he was born right before we moved. Uh, so most people at Shades barely saw him. Um, but yeah, he's adorable, and he's blathering on because he's like a year and a half. And his favorite word is stop. Uh, (laughs) And he'll say, stop. And he points his finger. I think Um, that's probably because he has to say that to his brother. His brother. Oh, yes. Well, he hears his parents say it to his brother. (laughs) Stop hurting your baby brother. Um, Yeah, so we've got two boys, Hudson and Theodore, uh, first grade, and then like, I don't know, 17 months, 18 months. Uh, My wife is currently doing nursing school. And so she is very busy and stressed and hopefully... She'll graduate and make me lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> is she is she doing that uh, at UAH or whatever? No, she's, she's at Calhoun. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, which actually same program that his daughter who's getting married and his daughter who's getting married uh, graduated from this year. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, so I uh, went to Beeson, and I think Jonathan already mentioned that, and then I work as a pastoral resident at Hope up in Huntsville. Really like it. I've said it before. Yeah, we, now, f- we can send Andy out of the room. Oh, no, no. I, I love it. I have no complaints. <laughs> I was going to say. No, <laughs> no complaints. None. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe Zero. There's, maybe there's some complaints. <laughs> um, but we used to think that we just hated Alabama, uh, but then we moved up to Huntsville and we realized that, no, we just don't like Birmingham. <laughs> And so, man, you just wanted to come in hot and alienate everybody exactly. immediately, didn't you? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just up there with all the pencil pushers. I, I also I, I noticed Brad's not here um, because well, actually, no, it wasn't Brad. We fired uh, him. You didn't hear? Oh no, that's <laughs> awkward. Because I hadn't seen him in like two years or whatever. But I just wanted to say while while I still have the you know opportunity, I appreciated all the groveling. Whenever you did my email corridor text message or whatever, just the the sorrow, <laughs> the genuineness of it, it it made me appreciate that. So, awesome. yeah. If there's anything we are on Shades Midweek, it's genuine, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sorry, I drip sarcasm over here. Well, no, I'm really glad to get to hear both of your stories. Tell us a little bit, Mason, about what a pastoral resident does. Yeah, so when I usually explain it to people, um, I feel like my functions are basically just like an assistant pastor because I do a little bit of everything. Um, But I primarily oversee like the youth ministry um, and lead that and then oversee the children's stuff. 
but I'll, I'll preach about once a month or so, and I do a lot of just various things. Once a month, really? You're so. taking once a month off, Andy? I am. I'm just kidding. I, I On do, purpose. I do that. <laughs> but, yeah, and I, I feel like uh, one of the bigger differences from maybe like just a regular assistant pastor, it's, it's very focused, I think, on growth and development. And so Andy and I will meet regularly uh, to talk about things, and he's been intentional about giving me opportunities to do things and grow and, and things like that. So it's been a good experience. Um, yeah. Awesome. Andy, would you explain to us what, what does a pastor do? <laughs> you know, after 18 years, I'm still trying to figure that out. Listen, listen, I, for everybody listening, in all seriousness, I, I love Andy dearly, but there is something about him that kicks my sarcasm into, like, overdrive when he's around. And I just, I don't know. I just enjoy it a little bit too It even much. happens virtually because I think it happens via text. It well. does. <laughs> it does. Please don't share those with anyone. Um, <laughs> well, the we'd, we'd love to also hear a little bit um, uh, about your church because, a, as I said earlier, there's only three EFCA yeah. churches in our state. So we don't just have a, a lot of sister churches out there. And over the years, I've been able to feel connected you know, with the other churches in Alabama. But I think that's harder for um, our congregants and such, uh, except for Dale. Um, and so uh, hopefully this will be, I mean, that's one of the reasons we've gone and preached to each other's churches to try and, and help our churches feel like, hey, we're a part of something that's connected to other places. But, um, but hopefully this podcast will be a way of helping people come to know a little bit more about Hope Church uh, up there in Madison. So we keep saying Huntsville and Madison interchangeably. For those who don't know, Madison is to Huntsville like Homewood is to Birmingham, basically. Yeah, it's basically now just a suburb. I mean, sooner or later, I think they're just going to call it the greater Huntsville area. Right, right, yeah. right. Because Huntsville has been growing, and it is, and it's larger well, than Birmingham, right? You do know that there is a debate going of what the largest city in Alabama is, and well, it, it, Huntsville wants to claim that title. Is it is it is the debate between whether or not you're talking about strict city limits versus greater area? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the Birmingham metro is bigger than the Huntsville metro. Right, right, but, but the, the strict city limits, Huntsville yeah. is bigger. yeah. I mean, I really don't care. Yeah, I don't you care. <laughs> like, whatever. But, well, tell us a little bit uh, just about Hope Church and its history. Like, how long has it been there? Uh, it's been there probably uh, around, I'm, I guess, 30, 32 years. I actually don't have an exact date. Uh, I'm kind of but, the But second. about the same age yeah. as Shades. Yeah, I'm about, I'm the second, kind of third. There was a founding guy that came in for a little while, and then a, a pastor that was there for about seven or eight years before I got there. Dude, that's that's wild. That's virtually Shade's story. Shade's had like a founding pastor, and then the second guy, he was here longer. Uh, Mike Grant, uh, uh, Mike Grant, <laughs> Mike, Mike Grant's Grant. a member. <laughs> Mike, Mike Garrigan. <laughs> They're both Mikes. Both last names start with G. Mike Garrigan was the pastor for I think eighteen years, and then I'm number three. Yeah, I got to know so. Mike a little bit. Yeah, um, awesome. Before, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot like Shade's in the sense that you know we're a church in the midst of Baptist land. And so right. a, a lot of times we're having to, uh, I, I actually don't use an evangelical free uh, kind of moniker for us most of the time because right, people right. just don't know what that means. Most people, you know, like when we talk about it, they're like, what kind of cult is that? Right. <laughs> well, have I ever, haven't heard of it. It's have a Have I ever told you the story of how I described it once and got in trouble? No, please do. Yeah. So I was actually up uh, at an evangelical free convention uh, many years ago and uh, I, I was in a taxi and 
I think they were taking us to lunch and, and there were several other pastors in the, in the taxi with us and guys, you know, talkative taxi driver and was like, Oh, why are you guys in town? Oh, we're here for a church convention. You, you know, you're trying to right, right, kind of be sure. incognito a little bit. And he was like, Oh, well, what, what church, what denomination? And, and you know, one of the guys is like evangelical free. And you could kind of see the quizzical look on his face. Right. Right. What is that? And so, you know, I piped up and used a line that I've used before. And I, I said, well, you know, it's kind of like Baptist, but without the hangups. Dude. And he immediately leaned in and he was like, I'm Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked and all of the other pastors that were with me were silent and like snickering to themselves <laughs> and just were just going to leave me out there on the island that I had to explain myself. Oh, the, that's the rest hilarious. Of the car Dude, we virtually say the exact same thing. Um, we, we say it's Baptist without the baggage is, is our joke. Um, and Brad and I feel safe to make that joke because we both grew up Baptist right. and, we, and we can make it from a place of love because we, we have a love for our, our heritage and our Baptist heritage and roots that we grew up in. Uh, a couple of critiques, but, <laughs> well, but a lot I, of love too. I think especially in the Southeast, it's a good way to identify you um, or at least – Give an identifier theologically, but also right. give a, a identifier in terms of culture. Right. Um, because I, I think that's the one thing that does distinguish a, an evangelical free church is we, we're orthodox um, in our doctrine, but in our culture, how we receive people and even talk about issues that we disagree with right. is, is how we hold those things. And so I think that's a, a wonderful distinguishing and even you know, inviting thing for a lot of people. Right. No, for sure. For sure. I think too, one of the other things I think it, it helps clarify for people if, if they're familiar with Baptist or other denominations is just kind of structure church structure as well, yep. you know? Um, so they can pretty much immediately know you're a congregational church with some kind of, you probably emphasize local church autonomy, those kinds of things. And so that's why it's always been, I think kind of a helpful yeah. <laughs> comparison uh, because even if you, I mean, when, when you grow up in Alabama, even if you have never been to a Baptist church, that's probably the one you've got some familiarity with. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest points for me when I moved here was coming from the Midwest and then really growing up in California, Baptists and even Southern Baptists were not really a thing. Like you kind of knew that they were there, but right. it wasn't a thing. And then you come to the Southeast and you realize like, if you're going to talk about Christianity, you're basically going to do some sort of level of comparison right. to Baptist or Baptist doctrine or churches or culture um, when you talk to people. So uh, that was definitely one point of education that I had to have when I moved Right, here. sure, sure. So, Well, tell us a little bit um, about uh, just kind of the, I don't know what I'd say, the the, the culture of, of Hope Church specifically, or, or if, we, if we can say the personality. Yeah. Uh, of the church? I would say a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's all engineers. It's primarily <laughs> engineers. Um, I remember when I, when I first got to hope, I think there was at least five or six people that had their doctorate, um, and worked in some level of rocketry or space program. Um, a lot of folks that are associated with the army and army aviation has always been a, yeah. a big part. Um, and, I, and that I brings always... an interesting culture to the church, because especially as you think about leadership and and you think about how those folks think, um, right. it, it always presents some interesting challenges of how you shape vision and direction um, and even metrics, because they, they live in that world all right. the time. Yeah. You want to give us some specifics of the issues you faced with some names <laughs> over the years? 
<laughs> well, I have a list on my phone I'm that I'd like to read kidding. off. Oh, no. Mason, what has your experience been, um, maybe, like, having been a part of both churches, yeah. like, having been a part of Shades and now a part of Hope, maybe you could, like, say, here's some things that you notice that are some similarities and then some things that are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest differences kind of came, um, has to do with, like, the liturgy, and then I, I feel like Shades is a little more dynamic and charismatic and kind of has that heritage uh, stream. Um, do you guys still call that? Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the streams? Yeah. Um, three Stream Studio, Yeah, right? you're in Three Stream yeah, Studio. There you go. Uh, and so I, I don't think it's quite like that at Hope. Um, I think that they're um, a little more s- even keel, stable. Trying to put <laughs> this <laughs> diplomatically. Although when, when, we will say when Dale is in town – and a few others are in town. There is a lot more a little expressiveness. A little more There, there is a lot more expressiveness happening. You're trying to tell me that you don't have stall cups. That's what you're trying to yeah. tell me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I do think it, that connects with what we were saying earlier with when you have folks that are engineers. Yeah. And that's the yeah. way that they kind of process things. Um, I think if we were to sit down and compare it doctrinally, we would probably actually be pretty close. But Oh, yeah. I, I think it's also yeah. just personality mm-hmm. and people. Sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I've also I've found it. I mean, this isn't necessarily a point of like difference or anything, but it's been really, really warm and welcoming. Mm. Uh, and I mean, it's part of that. I think it's a little bit smaller, and so if you have a new person there, it's generally like easier to tell. I think because um, let's say maybe we're like uh, two thirds of the size of of shades, um, and if the, all the college students are here, we're probably half the size, but. Uh, even like our first time just visiting before I even like had a job offer, just like so many people just randomly came up and talked to us. Um, and I, I see that happening when uh, like, you know, visitors show That's up. Awesome. And so I, I think it's very much kind of a part of the, uh, the culture of that church to be very welcoming to, uh, visitors, which is great to, to see. And I, I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the preaching and doctrine, you guys talked about that. That's very similar. And so very, um, easy I transition. Was, I was hoping you were going to say that that's the one thing you've really missed. That's what I was hoping you were going to say. <laughs> no, I mean we, we we do talk about like I miss the I miss the communion every Sunday, ah, and so because yeah. you know I I think that um, there's a spiritual benefit from it. I'm basically Catholic. Just kidding, um, <laughs> but but I, I do think that there like the spirit. Uh, uses that as a means of grace to, hey, listen, to nourish you. You are right up Main and Street in the EFCA statement of uh, yeah. faith. I yep. mean, and we firm and nourish. We won't yep. talk about our secret plan that we've <laughs> yeah. been hatching in I terms know. of communion. I love it. But, but yeah, so I I'd, I'd You know, Shades historically wasn't communion every week. It, it happened before any of us got here. It was every week by the time we got here. But there was a time where they mm-hmm. went through a transition towards... Uh, I don't know exactly. I don't have anything to offer like that would benefit you. We need, we need the plan. That, but <laughs> it can be done, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, well, before we continue on, because we have uh, just a few more things that we'd like to ask you, but we've got to get into the most serious thing mm-hmm. that we have to do, which, of course, is a lightning round. All right. So it's really interesting to do this with two people that aren't married. 
The only time we've ever done this with two people at the same time, they it was a couple, I think. Yeah. And so what we'll do here uh, is we will throw out a question and either person can take it. Both of you can answer it. One of you can answer it. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. Except the first question. Everybody has to answer the first question. That's required. All right, John Mark, take it away. All right, how do you like your eggs? Uh, over easy. In tacos with Trader Joe's soy chorizo, jalapenos, pinto beans, corn, and a bunch of egg whites added. That is, is oddly that very specific. Is that allowed? <laughs> I, no, I like eat that like something? three it's times a week. the most specific answer we've ever gotten for the eggs. That, that is my meals three times a week. Maybe that four. is true. Sounds amazing. All right. Uh, are aliens real? Uh, we're all aliens and strangers, right? <laughs> oh, wow. What a pastor. Oh, my word. So I think theologically... There could be extraterrestrial life. <laughs> Love how serious but, y'all are taking this question. <laughs> but I'd be surprised, and I'd have to think through things if there was intelligent life out off the planet, like yeah. non-human intelligent. Like, how does that affect redemption and whatnot? <laughs> but, but I, I, there could be, I don't know, bacteria stuff on Mars. Who knows? <laughs> All right, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Greece. Okay. Well, I'm about to go to Carousel in a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to that. Very cool. You're going where? Carousel. Where's that? Uh, it's in the um, the Bahamas, uh, up near Venezuela. You're just like a world See? traveler. Is yeah. that the one that's spelled C U R A? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, you I, were in Africa earlier this year, right? I was. Man, you get you get a pastoral assistant. You just don't even work anymore. You <laughs> just right. travel around the world. Well, that's. I mean, we can talk more about why I got one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um. Oh man, I had a question. Then it left. Oh, it's October. Uh, do you do horror films? I'm not a big horror film guy. Do, do, have you ever name a horror film you have seen that you're willing to say on this podcast? <laughs> I don't. Man, I have a hard time even thinking of one. You can go all the way back to like high school. Surely you've seen one. I I hate them I, with a passion, honestly, and I have oh, seen one. I, I mean, I've seen trailers and stuff, but I can't even <laughs> remember one that I've actually watched. Mason, the, what you got? So, so I don't really watch movies by myself, and nobody in my family will watch them with me, so I haven't watched horror lately. But one from when I was in high school, The Strangers, that is like, oh yeah, I, I will not... So my my in laws have this land. I, feel like way I out remember in the, country. the trailer for that. The one with the kind of burlap looking yeah. sacks and over like, their heads or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. the people are like trapped in the house and they just slowly kill them all. Yeah, yeah. I will not go to my in laws' house in Texas and open the gate and get out of my car and back because I'm afraid someone's gonna like climb in my car and like lacerate my throat. <laughs> like I'm just, so like my, always checking the back seat. Yeah, like my eight year old brother in law when I was dating Stella, I would make him walk out with me and watch me as I got in my car because I was that terrified. <laughs> oh my word! Oh my word! That's, That's awesome. A, what What about you, Jonathan? What was your What's a horror movie that you've so, seen? Man, um, so my sister, one of my sisters, the one that's right above me in birth order, she got into a horror film phase in high school, which would have put me in middle school, and she loved them, and I hated them even then, but she thought it was hilarious to make me watch them. So the ones that I remember the most is she she got me to watch Scream, 
Yeah. Um, and then uh, she showed me one that apparently everyone who's ever watched is like a horror film buff. They're like, this, John, that's terrible. This is just an awful film. But like as a middle schooler, it freaked me out. It was called Urban Legends. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it basically takes all it's of these. It's another 90s film. Yeah, right? it takes yeah. all of these stereotypical urban legends you would hear growing yeah. up. Like like the urban legend of, of, of like uh, a car flashing its lights at you. And you f- are driving without its lights on. You flash your lights at them. They turn around. They come kill you and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it would take all of those. And it like played them all out. It's like, here's all your worst fears <laughs> you've heard about. They're all coming true. <sighs> Fun fact. <laughs> I hated uh, it. Fun fact, Wes Craven, the director of Scream, you guys may know this, he went to Wheaton College. Huh. Yeah. Well. He grew up fundamentalist. Can I tease next week's episode? Is it happening sure. for sure? Yeah, it is happening. It is yes. happening for sure. So for a long time, uh, we have discussed and teased the idea of doing a midweek episode about horror films and such. And uh, kind of like theological implications, blah, blah, all of that kind of stuff. It is happening next week, yeah. and it is happening because I will not be here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're going to, Brad and I are going to bring in two horror movie aficionados. That's right. And we're going to talk, we're going to specifically talk about one film, mm-hmm. and they'll lead the discussion on that. But we'll, we'll also just have them kind of give yeah. their basic general thoughts so if on you're, the genre. So if you're like me, just go ahead and skip next week. Are you but. gonna have like playing on a TV somewhere in the background? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm getting creeped out just thinking about it. Oh I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Okay, if you could pick any actor uh, to play you in a movie about your life, who would that be? Paul Rudd. Man, that is Dude, spot on. That is you've thought about that. <laughs> I could see it. it. I figured it out sophomore year of high school when we watched The Great Gatsby, 2000. There you go. And yep, that was me. You're like, there it is. Probably Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. I like it. Solid choice, yep. man. He's he's among the greats. Mm-hmm. I know. I I truly believe that. Did either of you play any sports growing up? Let's say in high school. I played sports. Are you asking if I played them competitively? <laughs> yes. Did you play competitively for wins and losses? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Is there record evidence? <laughs> uh, I ran track, and then I was a uh, all-state soccer player. But the asterisk, wow. the asterisk on that is that it was academic all-state. So gotcha. I, I rode the bench, <laughs> but I was good in school. So they they needed you on the team to keep that GPA uh, average up. Yeah. Once again, tracking with the October theme, what is something that you're afraid of? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not a big fan of snakes. Yeah? Yeah. Like, just, like, you won't even go in, like, the the reptile room now, that, at the zoo? That's my wife. She won't, like... Oh, she won't even she, go she, there. Yeah, she won't go there. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm just not a big fan. Yeah. Like, when you got to remove them from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, man, Gardens or yards. Yeah, or, I get it. I get it. What you got over there, Mason? Yeah, I don't know if I have any, like, real phobias. I mean, if I'm in imminent harm oh, or just something. just fearless yeah. over there. Oh, just, look at you. So if I put a spider on your head in the dark I mean, and you I, just felt I'd those eight like, legs. I would put that in the category of imminent harm. Like, I'm not, like, afraid of spiders. Like, my, my wife and my son... They'll like scream, and it's like a little tiny spider. And I'm like, I won't even kill it. I'll just put it on a piece of paper, let it outside. 
Just let roaches crawl all over you. That's not imminent that's, harm. That's gross. <laughs> My word. Fine. Okay. Mason Phillips, the man with no fear. Yep. You heard it here first. All right. Uh, should we end with this one, or do you have any others? No, nah, you Okay. We ask everybody this, and so you're having a dinner party. You're having three guests over, dead or alive, but we always caveat with you can't choose anyone from the Bible. So Yeah, pastor. Don't just say Jesus. <laughs> I want to hang out. Of course, we all want to hang out with Jesus. I want to have uh, who's with three Jesus. people? Who's three people dead or alive? Before we answer this, I asked a similar question to our youth this past Sunday, and somebody said Helen Keller. And I thought that wasn't going to be a very <laughs> lively conversation. That was, is awful, Mason. That is terrible. I did not laugh at what you just said. Oh, my word. All right, go ahead. Who are yours? Obviously not Helen Keller, <laughs> you bigot. You know, I I didn't realize Helen Keller died in 1968. I thought she lived Oh wow! I didn't know that either. Yeah, that she's from night. Alabama. Yeah, yep. wasn't she? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the like a museum or something yeah. to her. Or yeah, her you got to go out towards Marshall Shoals. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard is a mm-hmm. standard answer. He is a Danish philosopher in the 1800s. Cool he, dude. I think he'd pretty, be wild. At pretty dinner. much everyone's yeah. first pick for a. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, I'm so basic. <laughs> no, Kierkegaard. Like seriously, I think it depends on the day you get him as to what he yeah. is like at dinner. Yeah. I think if you enneagram, I think he is a four. I think he is all up in his feels and often depressed. Yeah. That's my opinion of Kierkegaard. Brilliant writer. Yeah, Kierkegaard would be number one. Um, and no one else. Do you have anything else, Andy? Just you and I gotta, Kierkegaard I on a date. Who are you taking to dinner? Three guests. I would say um, Don Carson. I would love to sit down and have conversations with him. Man, um, I feel – so Don Carson is a current living uh, New Testament scholar. Brilliant. Love his resources, love listening to him lecture and preach, all of those kinds of things. I feel like having dinner with him would be like I have a professor from seminary I'm thinking of right now, and I feel like it would be the exact same. So, this professor, I would walk into his office loaded with three questions that, in any normal scenario, would be questions enough to, to be conversations for days. And I would be out of his office with answers to all three of my questions in under two minutes. I've actually shared a Chick-fil-A sandwich with Don Carson. Have you ever exchanged? Um, The the conversation actually was more with the associate pastor that I had, or youth pastor that I had at the time, and he was berating him because he wasn't willing to go to seminary. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds right. Oh, anyway, so Don Carson. Uh, Don Carson, I would say um, Flannery O'Connor would be interesting oh, yeah, for some yeah, of her yeah. writings and, and just kind of understanding. I think she had some some deep insights, not only in spirituality, but spirituality in the South. Mm. And uh, and so it would be interesting to have that, that interchange. Um, and then probably Luther uh, would probably be my third, just because it Dude. would be theological, but I think it would also be hilarious, <laughs> and it would be a lot of fun. If you got him drunk, probably. Yeah. Luther, oh my gosh. Like, I'm just thinking of Luther and Carson getting into a disagreement <laughs> over something. And, like, just two of the most stubborn individuals oh, that man. I could probably ever imagine. I, I wonder if the uh, discussion of, you know, the elements of communion and what they Oh, what yeah, they the hold, sacraments are coming like, up, man. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to come up, and it, I, I think it might even go to blows. 
I would not be surprised. If it's going to blows, then my money's on Luther. Uh, yeah, I think... Carson's well, a small dude. As long as it's a young Luther. If it's an old Luther, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Carson's a Canadian. At some point, that's got to kick in, and he's just got to yeah. apologize. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to add Patrick Stump, who is the lead singer of Fall Out Boy. Um, to my, so I'd have Soren Kierkegaard, Patrick Stump. Yes. And then... okay. Uh, Dude, yeah. are you a big Fallout Boy fan? I'm a huge Fallout Boy fan. The, I didn't. How yeah. did I not know this about Dude. you? I, it came on later in life. You know, it was. I think I'd already graduated high school when somebody introduced me to their music, and then I listened to them probably more than everything else combined. That's yeah. that's crazy. Um, you know, Genghis Khan comes to mind. I'd be a little afraid that he would <laughs> kill us. This is like <laughs> one of the most wild set of dinner choices I've ever heard in my life. You should probably serve I mean, what are you going to cook your for ta- His tacos <laughs> with his eggs and his pinto <laughs> beans. My word. Well, gentlemen, you that's, survived that's the lightning round. Fantastic job. Oh, we really don't have much time left because we have to get to lunch, but we will end this way. What is something uh, at Hope Church... Uh, that's going on that we could pray for that maybe something that you're excited about right now or something that's coming up or or whatever what's a way that we as a sister church could be in prayer for y'all well i i would say it kind of goes along with what we've talked about a little bit with the pastoral residency um a couple years ago trying to find a new person (laughs) (laughs) a a couple years ago i uh i had the opportunity to go on sabbatical and you know going on sabbatical turning 50 really been thinking about kind of the direction of my own life end of life <laughs> well sorry here, i will i will get serious here, for five seconds geez, i'm sorry let the so, man talk so here's the, here's the way since we are in the state of alabama here's the way that i've thought about it i've thought about it like a football game for where i am in my life i'm no longer that young man who's kind of learning growing getting educated i'm no longer kind of that the the getting experience I'm now in what I would call the third quarter of my life. I'm not at the, I was going to say over time (laughs) you're on borrowed time. I'm on borrowed time. (laughs) Uh, And so really asking the question and having us at hope ask the question, what is this church going to look like in the next generation? Mm. Um, And I think the pastoral residency is part of that. I mean, one of the reasons we started it was really asking the question is how are we going to, be a part of the kingdom in the next generation. And I've seen so many, been around so many guys that have been in pastoral ministry and have stepped out of ministry because of either their own moral failings um, or just not being prepared with the skills and the, and the things that they needed to be able to do ministry. Um, and so, but that's really a question we're trying to ask across the whole of the church. Um, God has blessed us with bringing us some younger um families into the church and saying, okay, what are we going to do intentionally to see that next generation be equipped and step into those roles? And so um, I don't know the answer to all of that. Pastoral ministry is maybe a piece of that. Even the doctorate of ministry that I'm working on may be a piece of that. Um, and working with those those young men and those young families is a, is a piece of that. So I, I would really covet your prayers for that of, of ask beginning to ask that question. And I'm not ready to step off the scene and I'm not ready to 
to disappear. But I do want to see that we, we hand those things well, because yeah. I would say, even when I came, that's one of you, we talked about difficulties and traumas sure, sure. that, that was one of the things I think they desired, but didn't know how to do. And that is actually what caused a lot of the difficulty. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think a lot of places and a lot of churches do that well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I need you to figure all of that out <laughs> and then pass it on to me as I come <laughs> behind you by 10 years so that I don't have to figure it out. No, seriously though, man, we'll absolutely be praying for that. Mason, what comes to, what comes to mind for you? Uh, this isn't really necessarily specific to hope, but I'm just thinking of next year and the election stuff and mm. how politically divided you don't the whole think, world you, is. Y'all think that's going to cause some tension? <laughs> can we skip you that? You think that's going to be charged? <laughs> is there any way that we can skip ahead? Fast forward? Fast forward? <laughs> Andy's going to just leave the continent again in the next fall. <laughs> Everybody so listen, seems re- really reasonable about politics I'm in this planning country. On it. Yeah. I, I, I think told we'll Brad and John Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed up my sabbatical that... <laughs> <laughs> isn't supposed to happen for a couple of years. I'm just going to take it next year. Yep. Come back when it's all over. <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, need to be in prayer, not only for, you know, uh, our country as we have experienced a lot of tension and division uh, over politics, but, uh, but for our churches as well. Cause I do think that I do think those tensions have mounted, mm-hmm. you know, and we've all felt it. Um, man, uh, it is not lost on me that we just started into first Corinthians this past mm-hmm. Sunday. And so this Sunday coming up, I am preaching the passage on divisions within yeah. the church, specifically over leaders and such. And, um, and so, yeah, so that kind of thing is very much on my, mm-hmm. on my mind. So, yeah, I think that that, uh, I think first Corinthians in general is an important book, uh, for the church in our current cultural context. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. you're just dealing with Corinth in the midst of this pluralistic society uh, that they uh, are just bringing that culture in and incorporating it into the way they practice their faith. Um, and so I just think it's a really important book. And I think, I think that that passage as well as the rest of the book has a lot to say to us in the midst of an election season. So yeah, definitely, definitely be praying for that. Well, before we go, I was going to ask, uh, I'll put this all in the show notes as well, but maybe give us some ways that people can find out more about hope. Maybe website. Do you guys, don't you guys have a podcast? I do. Uh, I do have a podcast. that's not hope specific. Okay. Um, but tell uh, us about the podcast. We've been recording a podcast called comparing notes and, uh, it goes back to a little bit what we were talking about. Um, there's, we say we're three generations of pastors, uh, talking about life and ministry. And so I have, uh, a, a guy who actually just stepped out of ministry up in Nashville, myself, and then Glenn Schreiber, our uh, district superintendent, our outgoing district superintendent. And we just kind of talk about different things with life and ministry and try to get that different generational perspective so, of, a, of what's so going on. So are you the oldest generation <laughs> on that podcast? No. I, I'm the middle. I'm just kidding. Um, I know you're the middle. So you can check that out on, on all the different platforms. We just came back from, uh, from a break for summer. Um, but, uh, hopeinmadison.org is our, uh, is our website and you can see what's going on. Um, if you get tired of hearing Jonathan speak, you can, you can pick <laughs> up messages there. Um, we're, uh, almost, we're three quarters of the way through going through the, uh, through a series on Isaiah, which has been a, oh, a awesome. lot of fun. Um, and, uh, getting ready to head into Advent and then we'll, we're still conceiving of what's going to come at the first of the year. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. How long have you been taking to go through Isaiah? Uh, we, we're doing it in about 12 weeks. So we, we got selective passages that yeah. we've been taking at. Um, and just what an amazing book. I mm. mean, to, to really step back and to consider the way that God was developing this picture of a redeemer and a, mm. and a king and a servant. Um, yeah. it, it's been a lot of fun. Will you, will you stay with it for Advent? Cause I mean, there's so many texts. No, we're actually got, we're, we're, well, it'll definitely be referenced several sure. times, I'm sure, but sure. Um, we're we're, uh, we're going a different way for Advent. Gotcha. So. That's awesome. Well, if you have any questions for Andy or Mason or about Hope Church or his podcast, Comparing Notes, I mean, just regular media mogul over here, email us midweek at shadesvalley.org because as Brad would say and then go on to make further comments and mess up the ending of the podcast as he always does as Brad would say here at Shades Midweek you are part of the conversation we'll see you next week thanks for listening